I'm glad that there are still Christians today all around the world that are passionate for this. They know their father's will. They know what will make their father glad. But most of, most of us Christians, we are looking to be comfortable. We have totally forgotten everything about what the father is all about. He sent his son to the earth for just one purpose, to bring sinners to him. That was Jesus' job. Jesus had no other job. That was his job. He lived for it. That was his job. And he's passed that job over to us. He died for that job. He gave everything to help his heavenly father receive more sons and daughters. All we want to do is to be comfortable. All our prayers is about how, comf how much comfort we can receive from God and how to bless our family. God's not against that. But God's saying, what about me? You want your needs met. What about my needs? You're going to help me with my needs? We're forgetting why we are Christians in the first place. You know, God could have saved us and taking us to heaven? Is he leaving us here to prove anything to himself that he can keep us here on the earth? No. He's just wanting us to go help him get his sons and daughters that are still lost back to the father's fold. Jesus said, when a sinner is saved on the earth, there is joy in the midst of the angels all there in heaven. So for every one person that comes to the Lord God, heaven rejoices. The angels are flying back and forth, rejoicing over John or James or Michael, Hannah, Susan, somebody praying. How much joy has your life being to your father in heaven by you obeying him and bringing somebody to him how soon we forget and it's all about us it's all about selfishness we sing about love we talk about loving the Lord and all of that but we're not truly helping the father to experience the joy that he wants us to have. But I also believe that if you help the Father and the angels to constantly rejoice, your lot on earth will be great. God can make a great man out of an ordinary person. He's proven it over and over again when they have a heart for him. I think about Billy Graham. He's a great man today, not because he was the president. Presidents honor him. They love to be around him. They love to listen to him. Just a young man from North Carolina somewhere. But he, he got the message. He knew what God was all about. And he went for it with all of his heart. I often speak of T.L. Osborne. He just went to be with the Lord this year. But T.L. Osborne, when he's arriving in some nations, third world countries, the presidents send a limousine to pick him up 
and they actually write a letter to him begging him, please come. We need you. Bring your Jesus to us. We need you. Come and talk to us. And the people line up in the streets to welcome him. And they have a great party in the name of Jesus. Many are saved. God gets so excited, he takes people off their wheelchairs, open the eyes of the blind, and in one situation, he appeared to the, these Muslims in the sky. They saw him, and they were pointing at him while the preacher was preaching. Muslim, Muslims were pointing at Jesus. They saw him. That's him. They recognized. Because one man decided, I'm going to go after God, and I'm going to inconvenience myself and do the work of the kingdom. I think the time has come, especially for the Ark Fellowship, God is calling us to reach out to the world. God's really calling us, calling us to reach out to the world. And, I, and by the grace of God, I'm following, listening to him. I see our church holding great meetings around the world. And I've said it before, my mind is so fixed. And I know it's going to come to pass. And God's giving me ideas of what to do. And I'm telling you, you better sit up, put on your seat belt. Uh, if you don't move, it will move past you. God's going to be at work. Nobody's going to hold him back. And I'm ready to go with him. But I'm telling you, everyone that goes with him, in this journey we are going as a church and as a people, this is the people of God. Everyone who goes, I'm guaranteeing you in the name of God, he is going to take care of your family. He's going to be, he's going to make sure that there are no lack, there's no lack in your family. Things don't happen, the troubles will come, and he'll take care of you. As he's written, the Lord is your shepherd. You make him your shepherd, you will not know want. But you got to make him first. You got to make him first in your life. God's speaking to some of you today, this morning. You need to come out from being where you, staying where you are. God's wanting you to take your place at his table. Because he's prepared a table for you. It's time to receive instruction from your heavenly father and go out and carry out the instruction. That time has come. God says in his word, in the day of his power, his people will be ready. Are you one of his people? Are you ready? Everyone that works for God is paid. That's the truth. You can never work for God and not be paid. God is the best employer that you can ever, and you can ever see in this life. He has all the resources. He'll pay you. You're struggling with your own strength, trying to make it. He created this universe. He knows everything about this universe, and he sure knows how to be successful on the earth. I mean, I'm talking about true success. Many of us are hurting ourselves by not totally committing to him because we are trying to save ourselves, save our finances, save our families, save our children, make sure we have a good life. You can make sure you have a good life. Do you have the power to do that? Can you really guarantee that? Why don't you turn it over to him and get sold to what he wants you to do and watch what God will do. And I'm telling you, God is a great 
employer. He'll take care of you. I mean, he'll so take care of you according to his word. He said he'll take care of you even to the tenth generation after you're gone. Because you served him. Because you served him. He'll take care of your children. You know, it's one thing to believe in a God. People do just like, maybe there is a God. I know there is a God. I don't have any doubt about it. I know there is a God. And because God is, I know as long as, as far as God, as far as that knowledge is in me, knowing fully where the God will always be alive, I got nothing to worry about. That's me. And that's where I want you to be. Just know this God and trust him. Just trust him absolutely. And give yourself to doing what he calls you to do, your father's bidding. God will take you from that little place. He'll set you up. Because he'll make you the light of the world, as he said. And he says the light is not meant to be under a bushel. It's meant to be out there for everybody to see. And God's the one that does all of this. There is one way and there is only just one job. If you read in John chapter 4, Holy Spirit, take full control, speak to us today in the name of Jesus and encourage us to be evangelists, to bring people to you, to invite them to, to, your, to your presence, to invite them to the house of God, to invite them to Jesus, to be with Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We honor you in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter 4, and please give me verse 34. Jesus said to them, I started from verse 35, but I need 34. Jesus said to them, he was speaking to his disciples, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus was, had been walking all day for about six hours. He had been walking. And then he got to this place, he was sitting on the well, on this well that Jacob uh, made, and the disciples went out to get some food. When they brought food to him, he was talking to a lady, and Jesus knew that this lady was going to bring people, men to him, that will hear the gospel of the Lord God. And Jesus knew, and he was waiting for this lady. I like Jesus to wait for me when I'm out, Amen. That I'm bringing somebody to him. That was their practice. Bringing somebody to Jesus. Andrew, after he met Jesus, he went and he found his brother, Peter, Simon. He says, come, we found him. You can do the same. Philip, after Jesus, Philip met Jesus, Philip went and he went and found Nathaniel. And he said, Nathaniel, come, we found him. The one Moses and all the prophets, prophets have written about. We found him. This is a great finding, I'm telling you. Nathaniel, come. He says, this is Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He says, look, I'm not going to argue with our king, discuss this. You come and you see with your own eyes. Come, come and see. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus already knew he was doing that. Jesus had seen Nathaniel. Under the tree. And he told Nathaniel, I saw you before Philip came to you. I'd like him to see me doing that. Amen. And for Jesus to be waiting. He already saw him 
He saw Philip going before Philip went. And he was already there waiting for Nathaniel to show up. And Nathaniel became a great apostle. I want Jesus to do that for me. I want Jesus to do that for you. Jesus said, that's my food. I don't need any other food. I know I'm hungry, but I got something better to eat than you know. He said, you don't even know, don't understand the kind of food I'm talking about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish the work. Many people start, they don't end. They get so excited about evangelism today, as soon as they receive one insult, that's it. They quit. And they justify it. Well, this other person is not doing it. Why am I killing myself? We ought to do this. He says, to do the will, that's your food. The will of God for you is your food. You want to prosper in life? That's your food. When you do the will of God, that's what's going to put food on your table. Amen. That's your food. My food is to do the will of my father who sent me. And he sent us and to finish his work. So he also has a work for us to do. We have to finish that work. The Ark Fellowship will finish that work. Amen. Jesus said, do you not say there is still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Not one field, the fields. Field, United States. Field, China. Field, Africa. Field, fields. Look at the fields. Amen. Look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. This is the part of growing. And he who reaps, receives wages. These are not my words. These are the words of Jesus. He who reaps receives wages. And he's talking about winning souls. When you win souls, God will pay you. Both here and the life to come. Notice what he says. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. The person that you are gathering, that the person you are bringing into the kingdom, you are gathering him, bringing that person for up there. But your wages is for down here. Can I hear an amen? Your wages, when God pays you, he pays you right here. He will pay you right here. And that's scripture. And I'm going to kind of go into that so you can understand that if you commit to doing God's work, not just for wages. I'm telling you, the first ways that will come to you is this unspeakable joy that will flood your spirit and remain there constantly. It's a, it, it, I mean, it's a secret. It's a joy that comes over you, an anointing of protection, because now God has found somebody that he can do business with, and you are reaping and doing business for him. You are employed by him. He wants his employee happy, so he takes care of you and gives you benefits, and no one can touch you. He pays your bills. Hallelujah. I'm happy. He pays your wages. He pays you. He gives you wages. And you gather fruit unto eternal life. 
that both the one who is sowing and the one who is reaping may rejoice together. There's some joy in doing this. There's some joy in doing this. I think a lot of Christians are going through a lot of problems and all of that. Depression, pressure, all kinds of issues. And, and then what, what they do is they focus on trying to solve this problem. So that they can have some rest in life and be happy. <laughs> but I guarantee you, when you start doing God's work, he slap all those things out of your life. Every branch in me that bears fruit, what, does Jesus, what did Jesus say? The Father purges. Amen? So he bear more fruit. The Father will kick all of those things out of your life because he doesn't want anything to stop you from doing what, what he's called you to do. You got it. And he's going to bless you. Coming to the kingdom of God is really work. If you read in Matthew chapter 20, that's the word God gave Angela and I while we're doing what we're doing today. He says, the landowner, that's the kingdom of God. A landowner was looking for workers, people to work in his vineyard. But he didn't ask them to come and work without paying them, right? He agreed with them, if you work for me, I'm going to pay you. The landowner is the father, our heavenly father. The vineyard is the world. This is a parable. God says, I'll pay you. He went out to get some very early in the morning. He was out to get them. At 9 o'clock, he went out. Then in the morning, he went out and got some more because the harvest was so great. Filled white for harvest. At 12 o'clock, he went back again to get some more. 3 o'clock, he went back again to get some more. And then at 5 o'clock, it was only one hour left. He still went out. That's to tell you how desperate God is to get laborers. Jesus said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field. And you are praying, brother, God send good luck. What about you? What about you? You first pray, Lord, I'm ready. And then you pray for more to come and join you. I think we're really forgetting the essence of Christianity. All we're trying to do is to be right with God. But that's not your job. He gave you his righteousness. Amen? He's going to take care of you. We need to get busy in the Father's kingdom. Don't ever tell yourself that you can't do it. All you have to do is tell them what God has done for you. It's the best. It's better. I mean, please don't misunderstand this. Is three, John 3.16 at work in a human person. Amen? When you tell them what God has done for you, they can experience and actually see John 3.16 right before their eyes. That's all you have to tell them. When we pray for the sick and seek the sick are healed, talk about it. That's John 3.16 before them. And they will come to the Father. We have to do that. If you work for God, he's going to pay you. Even if you just made up your mind today, like the, the 11th hour people, I feel like I'm one of those. And right now I'm feeling like I don't have a lot of time. And I got to work really hard. I only got one hour. I want to make as much money as the guy that was there at 6 o'clock. That's how he paid them, right? I got to work. They went in and they labored. Christians are not laboring anymore. 
the labor that we have is bless me, bless me, me, my family, and mine. That's all we're concerned about. And the more we do that, the more troubles we get into. Because the devil knows he's got us in this web. And we keep going around and around the wilderness and no vision for the kingdom of God, no vision for expansion. You, have sit, you are sitting with somebody in your office and you know he's not a Christian and he's cursing around you constantly. You won't even say a word. Not even to object. I really don't like people cursing around me like this. Why? I believe in God and I love God. They'll curse you back for that, but they'll begin to think. But you, you still stay nice to them, even though you are objecting to the way they live. And one day you invite them. This is special service in my church. Please come. They respect you enough and the way you carry yourself, they want to be there. And then they come and heaven is poured into their heart. And it's all because you love your father and have obeyed him. There's so many opportunities. Paul says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16 to 17. He says, for I, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. It's not a big deal. This is what I'm supposed to do. That's what he's saying. This, I'm not going to boast that I, I, I go out and I witness to people. It's just a part of the Christian life. Amen? Go and preach the gospel to all creatures. Not Jesus didn't say, pastors, you go. Or evangelists go. Every one of us must go. You have to go. The reason why God has you in your place of work is to share with them about what Jesus is all about. Yes, he gave you the gift and the talents and all of that. Not just for the job. Yes, he would bless your family and take care of you because of the job. But he placed you there strategically for the, those that are around you so that you can tell them about your testimony. You are a witness. What Jesus has done in your life. They don't have to come to the Ark Fellowship. But do you see them in heaven? That's the important thing. And you still receive your wage here for doing that for the kingdom of God. I need to move on in a little bit because I need to stress this. You want God to bless you? Try bringing, try getting addicted to bringing people to God and watch what God will do. Try it. I'm, I'm challenging you. Try it. Because from my eyes are open that God will bless you. First of all, he will bless you with the confidence that he's going to take care of you. It's like what the psalmist said. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. There's nothing going to happen to me because the Lord is with me. He's going to prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You can know that. Paul says this. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. In other words, let terrible things happen to me if I don't preach the gospel. But look at verse 17. For if I do this, what's this? Preaching the gospel. If I do this willingly, I have what? I have a reward. Paul knew this. No big deal about preaching the gospel. I have to do it. The is on me to do it. I don't have to boast about it. It's something I have to do. And I have to do it willingly. Because if I don't do it willingly, I got no reward. I have to preach the gospel willingly. If I do it willingly, then I have the reward. 
you will be rewarded by God. And the reward will stay with you until you pass from this life. If he tarries, he will stay on your children and your children's children, even to the 10th generation. And if your children follow after you, it keeps going through eternity. We got to wake up, people. Brothers and sisters, we got to wake up. Let's stop playing church. When we say God was good to be moved, what we are meaning, he blessed you. What about those that are outside? He wants to bless them. He is so rich. He is more than enough. He can give you everything that you want. And he still has everything left to give. He wants more so he can bless them. You give him that opportunity, he'll bless you. That's just the way it is. If I do this willingly, I have a reward. The reward where? The reward both here and above. God blesses you here. Seek ye first. Do you remember that scripture? Matthew 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. God's counseling you. You want to make it in life? You want to be successful in life? Make God's kingdom first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Go after bringing people to righteousness. Bringing sinners so that they can obtain righteousness. That's seeking his righteousness. And all these things that everybody's fighting, God says I will add them to you. You can imagine human beings have, uh, uh, you know, when they want to shovel stuff, you know, they shovel stuff to, you know, like that. <laughs> when God uses his shovel, he will knock you over as he blesses you. And I've often said to him, God, why don't you bless me, knock me over, and may I never recover. Don't want to recover from it. But it's true, God wants to bless us, otherwise we're just talking. I don't believe I'm just talking. I believe these things with all of my heart. It's the truth. You're hurting yourself. Like I've often said, no one can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. You know the truth, but you're not following the truth. You see yourself in the mirror, but you're not really acknowledging the kind of person that you are. You forget what, what you are. God wants us to follow the truth, and he is going to bless us. Check Mark chapter 10. Great scripture here. Verse 29. This was Peter telling Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What are we going to get? Because Jesus had just made a statement that frightened them. <laughs> it frightened them when Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples said, if that's the case, who then can be saved? You know the implication of that? They were rich people. Hello. A poor man that's receiving a, a food stamp, when Jesus says that, he's going to be saying, I'm going to heaven. You rich people, bye-bye, I'm going. Right? They were rich. They were rich. They were very concerned when Jesus said that. How hard is this for a rich man? He says, who then can be saved? We're rich, so we're finished. We're toast. What's going to happen to us? And then Jesus spoke to them. Verse 
impossible with man is possible with God. God saying, you can both be rich and see enjoy the kingdom of heaven. But Peter wanted to be sure. And Peter says, Lord, we left all of those riches behind and we're following you. So what are we going to get for following you? Do you remember what Jesus said to them? Follow me, which Peter now acknowledged, okay? We're following you. Jesus said, follow me and I will what? Make you fishers of men. They were following. They knew how to follow. They knew what he was turning their lives into. Fishers of men. And so they asked Jesus, they asked Peter. Peter asked Jesus, what's going to happen to us then? This is what Jesus said. He said to them, assuredly, in other words, I'm telling you as in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, that's assuredly, this is the truth. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one, please say with me, no one. Say it again. There, Jesus is saying, when they said that, Jesus immediately answered. He said, assuredly, I'm telling you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake. And what? And the gospel. Who shall not receive a hundredfold of land? Brothers, please, we're not going wives. We don't need a hundred wives. Okay. Okay. That's not what he's talking about. (laughs) Oh, God, help us. But, you know, he's already told us, no one. In other words, it's impossible for you to leave anything and preach the gospel and not have a hundredfold. It's just impossible. It's never going to happen. If you're doing it from your heart, it will never happen. These are the words that I use to encourage myself because I know that God cannot lie. If you, it's, and it's really up to you whether you want to commit to it or not. Everyone is welcome to commit to it. You can buy into this business. Amen? You can invest into this business. And God will bless you. He says, no one who leaves all of this for my sake is because of Jesus I'm doing this. And for the gospels, whatever you give, he says, you you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Right here, in this very world where you live. You'll get it right here first. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come eternal life. So he separates the wages, right? He gives you the wages for this present life and then he tells you what's going to happen after this life. That's why I'm telling you, if a Christians are really, if we have a lot of understanding, we'll give ourselves to this, preaching the gospel. Because God will not leave you. He is go- he's going to really truly bless you. Passion for Christ for preaching the gospel is what we need from people, the people of God. Paul says, if I do not preach the gospel, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. Necessity is laid upon me. I have to do this. God has called me to do this. In Romans chapter, I believe it's Romans 
chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God. You want the power of God operating in your life? Preach the gospel. Just preach the gospel. If you set out to preach the gospel, God will immediately confirm his word. My wife and I know, as we lived our lives, before I actually went out, I remember saying everybody's called differently. But I never did see a whole lot of miracles in my life until I set out just listening when God called me and Angela to preach the gospel. As soon as we decided to obey from the very first meeting, God showed up. We had so many people healed. I'd never seen that in my entire Christian life. I had never seen that. But at that time, I'd made up my mind, I'm going to follow what God says. And he showed up in a big time. Before that section, that series of meetings were over, I have seen deaf ears open, not one, several of them. Eye problems healed, people with bladder problems, all kinds of issues. People that, I, I, there's one video we have with a woman with a broken leg. She had broken her leg two weeks before and she was running back and forth. I didn't even know she was there. God healed her. I never laid hands on her. God healed her where she was sitting. I didn't know what, whether she was there or not. But God allowed me to see all of this. It was great joy. But he's not through with us yet. Amen? He's not through with us. But I'm calling every one of us. God wants to do the same with every one of you. At the time I was doing that, nobody had ordained me or any kind of... I wasn't a pastor. I just knew God had called me. Angel and I told our pastor, and we left. We left. God can do the same thing for you. It's the power of God... For salvation to those who believe. Paul said he wasn't ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says because in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. When you preach the gospel, you are revealing the righteousness of God. And when you reveal the righteousness of God, people see it and they want that righteousness. They receive it. And this all by faith because you're preaching the gospel. But today, I'm going to end with this because of time. Ask yourself, if you are in, an off, uh, in your office and you're sitting with people and they are saying things that are contradictory to what you believe as a Christian, do you say something or do you you're just quiet? Every time that happens, heaven weeps. Because you're not saying, you are not fighting the good fight of faith. You're just there not wanting to offend people because you are, you are afraid of what people think about you. When you do that, God sees it as being ashamed of him. And Jesus mentioned that. He knows all things. He knows us very well. And so he made it very clear. You got to choose what you want to do. He makes it very clear to us. Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 8, verse 38, for whoever is ashamed of me and my word. Whoever, doesn't matter who it is, king or papa, doesn't matter. Whoever means Anybody, Christian, unbeliever, doesn't matter. He didn't say the Christian who is ashamed of my word. No, just anybody. 
anyone who is ashamed of me and my word in this adulterous and sinful generation, and you can see what's happening in the U.S., where today people are talking about, you know, gay marriages, and it's popular in France. They've already passed the law. It's, it's, it's accepted. What's wrong with this? This is an adulterous generation. This is a sinful generation. And Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me, you don't have to go around saying, I'm ashamed of Jesus. I'm ashamed of Jesus. You won't even try that because that's drawing attention to you. The way to do it is just not to say a word, not to even defend the gospel. Jesus said, if you do that, if you are ashamed of him, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of you when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I don't want that for my life. You see, I don't like praying, playing church. This is real for me. It's a life. It's not a job. It's, this is life for me. And that's what I want every one of us to see. Christianity is a life. It's not just coming to preach to you. This is the life to live. And I believe God will reward you if you do what is right. If I feel like I've, I've been ashamed of Jesus because I was afraid, especially when it's before your boss, you may think they may fire you when you say something, but I tell you the truth is they go home admiring this kind of person. Because they know, you know, that they, you could be fired for what you're doing. But they can't fire you unless God wants them to fire you. Pharaoh couldn't kill Moses, right? Even, Mo even though Moses was causing everybody to suffer thirst, turn all their water into blood. Pharaoh, Moses was standing there. All he would have done is kill the man and the man, but he couldn't do it. He has full control. They can fire you. You can tell your boss, you're my boss, I respect you, but I don't believe what you believe. I believe Jesus is real. He'll go home thinking about you all night. And, and he think about firing you, but he's also afraid if he's right, God was going to fire me myself. And after a while, he begins to admire you. What happens if that man becomes a Christian and you're still working with him? Guess who his best friend will be? You will be his best friend. And he'll trust you. Before long, he wants to be partners with you because you brought him to the Lord. Amen. All these things are possible. Amen. We don't have to be ashamed of him. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here today and you have not made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, I mean really commit totally to him. Not just church, but really commit totally to him. In your heart, God, I'm giving you everything. If that's you today, I want you to say this prayer that I'm going to be saying and say it from your heart. And if you really mean it, God will write your name in the book of life. All you have to do after today, please come back to hear more instructions from the word of God. Get involved and God will begin to raise you as a champion on the earth. Amen? God will begin to raise you. Pray this prayer with me. 
Say with me. Everybody pray with me. Especially those, if you have not made that commitment, please do that. Not for the man who is preaching, but for him who hung on the cross for you. He's calling you to come back home. Give him some honor for what he's done for us. Jesus is the truth. He's alive today. Pray with me a minute from your heart. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for my sins. Lord, I acknowledge my sins. And I believe that Jesus paid the price for my sins. I want to receive now forgiveness from you, my Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me my sins. Write my name in your book of life. I believe that because I have asked, you've heard me. Today, I believe I am a child of God. I'm a candidate for heaven. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, in my belief, you don't have to say it another day. Because God heard you. Amen? He is not deaf. Amen? He heard that prayer. And all, that's all you needed to do. To receive him. John 1.12 says, As many as received him, he gave the right to become sons of God. And you have become a child of God. Can we put our hands together? You've become a child of God this morning. All you have to do is come back, study the word of God. It will give you confidence and God will bless you. Father, I pray your blessings upon your people today. You said they are blessed going out, blessed coming in. Everything that their hands touch is blessed. You will go before them and be with them constantly. Let your power over, over them everywhere they go and let them continually feel your presence. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.